0: Welcome to the WorkSmart Club podcast hosted by Dr. Cynthia Howard, executive coach and Lean Sigma Black Belt, and brought to you by WorkSmart Consulting. Inside of you is the power to transform your world. You just have to unleash your potential. Get ready for strategies you can use right now. Leadership leverage you need. 300 billion emails go out every day, expected to go up to 350 billion in 2023. 55% of this is spam. And over 100 messages are sent individually every day if you're between the ages of 18 and 24. The average number of emails in someone's inbox is around 200. And every day, the average office worker receives about 120 emails. And for every email that someone sends, they get more than two back. And researchers estimate that 28% of one's day is spent on email. And this is significant. 84% of people keep their email open in the background. So even if they're not actively searching in it, answering messages or scrolling through the headlines, it's open. And open tabs continue to drain part of your attention and concentration. So just the fact that it's in the background means that there is a part of you thinking about it. So most people probably agree that email is not a productive activity, yet it continues to be used. So in this podcast, I want to talk about some radical ways to manage communication in the office. But first, let's just take a step back and see how we got here. I know it seems like light years ago, but in the 50s, which is less than 75 years ago, there was one phone per 25 people. Today, everyone has at least one cell, and many have two. People have more than one email account, And the storage of data is a big business. So we are living in an information overload. So in the 50s, people didn't experience digital dementia or the mental fatigue from looking at screens and multitasking or the restlessness from the false sense of urgency. Now, I'm not suggesting we go back to the 50s, even though I am actually a collector of vintage cars and I love my 55 T-Bird and my 56 Corvette, and I had a 56 Chevy, but that's a whole nother conversation. But what's interesting is the 55 T-Bird was pretty much like it was then. It was a stock car. It was beautifully redone and restored, but much of it was maintained as it came off the showroom. Now the 56 Corvette is a restomod. So while the body Looks fantastic and beautiful, just as it did then. We did upgrade the carburetor. We have a bored out engine, so it's faster. Michelin tires, loud muffler. So it really is a fast car that you can drive every day if you wanted to. Because in today's world, these accommodations are really necessary. So in this podcast, I want you to think Resto Mod. You know, how can we maintain some of what really works, but change it so that it is adaptable and makes our life easy today? So no one disagrees that we're drowning in information. In fact, there are more apps than people who know how to use them. And these aren't one-liners. These are true statements. So it's never been more important than today to start to visualize work to visualize data and to visualize communication because our brains cannot take in the amount of communication that we have available. And whenever we can make it visual, whenever we can easily look at something and glean the information that we need, it makes us much more effective because our brains slow down and get bogged down if there's too much text. So I just want to have another example. This came to me the other day right after the Hurricane Ian, who devastated Southwest Florida. I was thinking about recycling and trash as I just looked at those neighborhoods. It was very heartbreaking. But I was struck by this. And tell me what you think about this. And for some reason, plastic popped into my head because here we are recycling plastics which have proliferated to the point that it's actually polluting our environment. And in the days of my 55 T-Bird, for example, you would drink out of a glass bottle and then get a nickel back for every bottle that you returned. Now, that was true recycling because that bottle was used again. But in today's world, this plastic has to be broken down. It's actually toxic. So recycling is just a fancy name for managing trash. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is it's really time to start thinking differently about some of the things that we have come to accept. Does recycling really do what we wanted it to do? What is the intention? We're spending a lot of time on this. And is it really contributing to the betterment of the planet? I know this is a very PC issue. But what I'm trying to get at is not make a point about plastic, but to make a point about the things that we have come to accept. And I think it's time to just think differently. And email is really the point of this podcast, but I wanted to use plastic as an example because it is one of those things that people do and we never think about it. Like, why are we doing it? So the point that I want to make about digital communication and emails they've proliferated to the point of absurdity. I mean, I said 55% are spam and then every email you send out, you get more than two back. So something different needs to happen when we think about communication in the workplace, at least. Now, I know many leaders who actually have their teams CC them on everything. Now, they don't necessarily read those but somehow it's a false security to think that just because they're CC'd that that situation is under control. When in truth, they know really less about that situation than if no one CC'd them, because what they've done is they're enabling their team to believe that them, their boss, is ultimately responsible. So CCing is really... Not a good activity. It is negative for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that it clogs up your email box. And every time people look at that, it literally drains their energy and causes them to shut down. But it does give your team a message that you don't really want to send. And that is they're not responsible because they're CCing you, making you responsible. So I know I'm talking about a sacred cow but I hope it makes you just enough uncomfortable that you start to think differently about how can I communicate with my team? Because the real damage from email besides stealing time is stealing momentum and dulling thinking. So when people go into their email box that's filled with unread messages, it literally triggers a low-level stress reaction and that pulls the body into a primitive survival mode, and it takes the creative, deep perspective thinking offline. So when you're in the email box and you're scrolling through the headlines, which people have to do because it saves time, research has found that it literally dulls your brain. So I obviously you can see I'm not a big fan of email. In fact, if... I were in charge of a department, I would actually stop using it just to see if people were less informed than they are with it. I think you may find that it actually makes little difference. Now, people have come to expect to have a lot of emails and it gives, again, this false sense of connection because I know I've worked with teams that will not get up from behind their desk and go visit somebody in their office or even call them on their phone. They'll continue to back-and-forth email, even though it takes longer. The information is not as effective. Because you and I both know that when we send emails that the message can be misunderstood. You know, sometimes there are nuances in a message that don't get conveyed very well in an email. So if we think about why email was used in the first place, you know, initially it was a wonderful thing because you could save time. But before long, again, because we're in the digital age, the more we move into digital invasion into our everyday lives, information proliferates. And so people would send messages They would talk about all kinds of things. There was no real structure to how email should really be used. And I don't recall seeing a lot of training on how you should really construct your message, what the subject line should be, and what the email is for. So now that inboxes are flooded and people shut down, which is a typical reaction to overload, Very often you either get cryptic emails because people want to save time and that again creates a lot of misunderstanding or you get these dissertations that are just way too long to read. I know I myself send long messages and I think I know I have to be able to shorten this but I feel like I have to get the information out there because that person's just not available. And when I send a long email like that, it makes me feel like, well, at least I did my part. But communication is a two-way street. So I might be doing my part, but is the other person receiving? So you might as well say nothing if the other person is not in a receiving mode. An email isn't going to make them more receiving. They're not going to go back later and look at it because time keeps people moving forward. So every Three minutes, there's another distraction, another interruption. So even if they were thinking about it right now, three minutes from now, there's something else that they're thinking about. So that is a problem with email. People respond quickly. They're not thinking about who their audience is, what they need to say, what's important here, what is being conveyed. And that is the purpose of the title, Wait, Why Am I Talking?, So I want to just talk a little bit about that. This isn't a training on how to construct your emails, but just think about these things. What is it that you want this email to convey? And is email really the best way to do it? I know in the old days, people would get a memo in their physical mailbox and they would read it. So email was really wonderful because people could be held accountable but it didn't take long before people decided just not to read those emails. So then they would have the CCing function. And then the app came up with the ability to track who read it and who didn't read it. So in some ways, email is a way to keep people accountable to the information that you're sending. Well, I just want to throw this out there. What if you had one message per day that had five topics with one or two lines for each topic. So you're talking about 10 lines altogether. And if you want to hold people accountable to that, check the IP addresses and see who's logging on to see this message, this daily message. And as a result of doing that, you're going to be very careful about the information that you're sending out. Now, if you have a large company and you have several different departments, you may have to construct several different messages, one for each department. But the point of this is you're gonna be very concise and very specific about those messages. So you're not just sending out fluff, need-to-know kind of information. Since this is a a once-a-day message. It has to do with what's important today. And then I think another idea to follow up on that is to hold monthly town halls where you can share more of the nice-to-know information. So let's get back to what email's should look like. Because one of the problems is people are sending emails, but they might not be very intentional as they send them. They just think, oh, I want to get all this information out to people. But they're not thinking, what is the call to action? What do I want people to do as a result of that message? So when you think about constructing an email, think about your subject line. Number one, it needs to let people know what you expect from that email. If you want a response, put in there, response required. If there's a deadline, put in there right up front, deadline or urgent message. But don't use that if it's not urgent. You really do want to be precise because people will turn off if they get a lot of false flags, so think about who it is you're talking to, who is your audience, and how do they best receive information. So if you're talking to your team, is an email the best way to do it? Or can you have a huddle? Can you have a weekly meeting? Can you have a daily meeting? If you're talking to an executive, for example, and you are sending an email, they probably want you to get to the point. Be very direct, concise, and factual. If you're talking to your front line, Being too direct may be misinterpreted. So you want to know who you're talking to and how they like to receive information, which is one of the problems with emails, because if you send out an email blast, you're talking to a lot of different people, and it's hard to tailor it so that people actually get the info that they need. And then, as I mentioned, what do you want people to do as a result of the email And as you think that through, you may decide that email isn't the best way to do it. So going back to that once a day blast, if you will, and it's not an email, but it's a site that people would link to and they would view the daily digest, so to speak. And you can archive those. So for people that do want to go back and look at it, it would be there. So just imagine you're not getting emails. You don't have to go into this box and be depressed because there's so many messages and you don't know how you could possibly get through it. And then you get bored as you read it. So you may send out cryptic messages that aren't clear and that don't help you show up at your best. So just imagine that you don't have to go through that and there are other ways to do it. So the, Daily Digest is one. Now, this is going to sound really out there, but just bear with me. What about a town crier? What if you had a person that actually went from department to department, they presented a memo, but they also talked to everybody and said, hey, and keep the message to two minutes. This is what's happening. This is what we need you to know. For one thing, you're actually helping people cross the departmental lines, your networking. It's great for people to have face-to-face information. And I realize that many companies are hybrid or have virtual employees. So you may not be able to physically visit people, but you can still do that virtually through Zoom calls where you have a stated message every day at 10 o'clock, for example, or two o'clock or whatever. You have a two-minute live message and people log on. So it's just a matter of thinking differently. Now, these ideas may or may not make any sense to you, but there are different ideas to think about. What is it we are really conveying in emails and are they really the best anymore or can we get better at how to Communicate with our teams because the level of disengagement is so high. And one of the reasons I believe is because there's a lot of meaningless chatter and that comes through in emails. So, just like plastics, they were created to solve a problem and now they are their own problem. I think emails were designed and initially they solved a problem because of the information overload. They now are the problem. And part of that is because we haven't learned how to effectively manage the amount of information and the amount of information flow. People haven't defined what's important to know, what's important not to know. How do we get this flow up and down the chain within an organization so that it's effective for everybody? Another idea... I'd really like you to consider is that of tech-free zones. Make places within your organization technology-free where you're not bringing your phone and people are having face-to-face conversations. One of the problems with email that I see is people hide behind them. And because of technology being so intrusive in our life, people have lost the ability to listen. And so without being able to listen, having a face-to-face interaction creates anxiety so people don't want to do it. But it's that face-to-face meeting where you actually develop connections, you build friendships, you deepen trust, and those things hands down are absolutely essential in the workplace. In fact, Gallup just did a study not too long ago demonstrating that having friendships in the workplace are going to keep people engaged and may keep people happier. So anytime that you can reduce the screen time and you can build in face-to-face time, you are going to have a ripple effect from that intervention. It's not only going to be to increase the connection, but with that increased connection, people feel comfortable, they feel safer, ideas come forth. There's a lot that happens when people feel connected. So I challenge you to do something about the email. Set up once a week, one day a week where you have no email. Consider eliminating email. I know it sounds absolutely radical, but I do not think that you're going to lose information flow. And think how can we get the information to people? But the other question that you're going to want to think about is what is the information that people need? Not everybody needs the same amount of information. So if you do have that daily digest, hold that town hall every month where you get together and people stand up and they give an overview of what's going on either in their department or from the executive team, You serve some coffee, people have the chance to see each other. And even if this is held virtually, it's still an opportunity to get together and gather. So I challenge you to think differently, to come up with a unique way for your department to communicate digitally, because I want you to consider the drain that emails have on your time and attention because we don't have the luxury of time to get sidetracked by noise and chatter that doesn't really matter. People are hard-pressed to keep up with the demands that exist already, so it's time to do something different. And I know just the thought of probably eliminating emails causes people to have some panic, but think about it. What would you really be losing? How much information is gleaned from an email in a day that makes a difference. And there probably are some direct emails that you have with people that do make a difference, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about many of the blasts, many of the CCing, some of these types of activities that really are not productive, they're destructive, and they're not adding value. Can you have team meetings either in a huddle or in a daily lunch or in some other way. So I challenge you to come up with some ideas. Your call to action is to look at your policy on email. Definitely rethink some of your procedures or some of your habits as it relates to email and consider alternatives. And to do this, you're going to really have to think about what kind of information people need to do their job. And that's the place to start. What is the information that people need to do their job? Think about that. Talk about that with your team. Talk about that with people. So until next time, stay energized, be blessed. Shalom. Thank you for tuning in to the WorkSmart Club podcast. We love our listeners and want to hear from you. Please join us at WorkSmartClubNetwork.com. Stay connected and subscribe to our show so you never miss any of the content. Leaving us a positive review lets everyone know we add value. We thank you for it.